0: All right, let's start with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can be gathered here today as your people to fellowship, to rejoice, to glorify you, and to hear from your word. We pray that you would uh, bless our worship of you today, and we would encounter you during worship, and we pray that um, you would bless our fellowship and our learning, and amen. So today, I wanted to speak about um, time and how we use it, and the title for today is How We Think About Time, so we're going to look at some things. There's like three sections. We're going to look at some things the Bible teaches about time, why it's important we use our time well, and, um, and how to use our time well. And there's to start off, there's like five particular things that the Bible teaches about time that I wanted us to take a look at. So the first one is that we're stewards of our time, and we'll answer to God for it. Uh, Could someone read Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30? When you get there, just go ahead.
1: And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed." So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and swathful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, that place where will
0: be weeping and gnashing the teeth. So time is a gift from God, and it's a resource. And the gifts that God gives us and the resource that he gives us, he expects us to steward them well. And he'll equip us to steward them. Well, he's not a harsh taskmaster like the last servant thought of him. He wants us to succeed, and he'll equip us to succeed. Um, I also wanted to look at how time is a resource. We don't always think of it as as much of a resource that we ought to. But as a resource, there's two qualities of it that I want us to think about. It's valuable, and it's scarce. And we tend to underestimate those. Time is valuable because it's, it's useful. You actually can't get anything done ever without time. If ever you did anything, you did it in a certain time and you had the time to do it. And if you don't have time, you can't get anything done. So it's pretty valuable. And then the other thing is it's scarce, which is a result of the course. The main reason it's scarce is because you're going to die. <laughs> uh, can someone read Psalm 90, verse 12? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I think for part of learning to use time wisely, we need a heart of wisdom. And part of having a heart of wisdom is learning to number our days. Uh, related to this, I wrote a quote um, the other day that I kind of wanted to share um, by Shane Parrish. She says, we all know our money isn't infinite, yet we end up treating our time and our energy and attention as if they are. And I think it's just easy to kind of like let it slide and forget that your time isn't infinite, which is why we need to learn to number our days. Another aspect of um, it is... God's the one who gives us time. Nobody has any time that wasn't a gift given to them by God, and we should be thankful for that. If if we have time, it's because God gave us life and God gave us ability. And time on earth is a blessing because it's an opportunity. It can be easy to think, oh, time on earth, it's this time of pain and suffering and toil and heartache. What kind of gift is that? But time on earth is an opportunity. All time is an opportunity. You can do something with it. Even if you're resting, rest is a good thing. And if you didn't have time, you wouldn't even be able to rest. So time is an opportunity and it's a gift from God. And since it's a gift from God and since he's, can you turn down the mic? Uh, And since it's a gift from God, it's important that we steward it the way he wants us to steward it, because he gave it to us, and he's our master, and it's important we serve him as he commands us to. Another biblical aspect of time is that God commands us to use it well, or to redeem it well, or to make the most of it. Can someone read Ephesians 5, verses uh, 15 and 16? Can someone read also Colossians chapter 4, verse 5? Walking wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. <laughs> I think it's interesting that in both of those passages, before it tells us to make the most of our time. It talks about having wisdom. If, if someone has wisdom, they'll value their time. And without wisdom, we won't really learn to make good use of our time. But if, if anyone lacks wisdom, the answer is to ask of God and to go to him, because God gives wisdom generously and without reproach. The third aspect I want to look at when it comes to what the Bible teaches about time is God is in control of it, and even though we need to try to use it well, we don't need to be stressed out about it. This can be really hard for a lot of us. (laughs) There's a balance between wanting to use it well and being focused on using it well, and the other end stressing about it and being worried all the time and, uh, and working yourself to death, which is a real problem and it's an unbiblical thing. We're not commanded to work ourselves to death. Working yourself to death would actually be a sin because it'd be a type of murder. It's murder of self. You're stewards of your time, but you're also stewards of your body and your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health. And I think so, one of the reasons we don't need to worry or stress is because God is in control of time and he gives us things to do, but he never commands us to do something without giving us all the resources to do that thing. So whatever, it can feel like we don't have enough time to do what God wants us to do, but that's just a feeling. That's always incorrect. If you don't have enough time to do what God wants you to do, then you're either doing more than he actually wants you to do and you're misperceiving what he wants you to do, or you're... um you're not using the time well, or you're overestimating how long it will take. But if God gives us a task that's from God, then he gave us enough time to get it done. Another aspect I want to look at with that is God doesn't need us. So even though he gives us tasks and we have to, you know, do our best to do them, he doesn't need us to do them. God commands us to evangelize but if we choose not to do it he'll get someone else to do it there's always going to be more to do but we don't have to do everything God give God gave the task of reconciliation to the church not to you And that doesn't just apply to reconciliation. There's a lot of things where it can be easy to forget to share the burden. And forgetting to share the burden with your brothers and sisters who were commanded to bear your burden with you, that'll make it easy to feel like you don't have enough time and that God didn't give you enough time for what he called you to do. Another aspect uh, that the scriptures speak of in terms of how we don't need to Stress and we should focus on God being in control of our time is how the Lord gives sleep to his beloved. Can someone read uh, Psalm 127, verse 2? I just love how strong the wording is in this verse. It is vain that you rise up and that you go to bed early. God will give us rest. If we think that our schedules don't have time for rest, then something's not right with our thinking. We're either overestimating how much God wants us to get done in a day, or we're not doing it the way he wants us to do, or we're not biblically valuing rest. The fourth um, aspect that I want to look at, at how the Bible wants us to think about time, is that our schedules should be balanced. And there are several important areas we need to incorporate into our schedules. Uh, I have a few listed here. Obviously, work is one of them. You know, he who doesn't work doesn't eat. You can't just live your life and not work. That's not God's desire for people. But if, if all you do is work, that's gonna be a problem. God has way more for us than that. Our relationships. Relationships needs to be part of what we spend our time on. It can't be all we spend our time on, but it can't not be what we spend our time on. We're commanded very specifically in the scriptures to pursue relationships with other Christians and with non-Christians and with God. Uh, Ministry. We should also be incorporating time to minister to others into our schedules rest. We are commanded to have rest. It's almost, sometimes when I read the Old Testament, it can almost get easy to forget that God cared enough about the Sabbath day that it was a capital crime to not rest on the Sabbath. But rest glorifies God. Um, One thing that it it took me a while to get, but it's something that I learned a few years ago, and it resolved an internal struggle that I had, is that work is an end of itself because it glorifies God, but rest is an end of itself. So we don't work so that we can rest more. That's something a lot of people in America think. I work so I can have money, so I can take more vacations and more days off. But that's not true. We work because our work glorifies God, because it reflects him, because God did work. And then there was the other error, thinking that we rest so that we can work more. Thinking that work is the goal of life, working glorifies God, so that's all we care about doing. And the reason we rest is so we can have more strength to work more. But rest is an end of itself, because it glorifies God in and of itself. It glorifies God that he gives sleep to his beloved. It shows his goodness. And when we rest, we reflect his image because God rested. So I think it's, if you start thinking that you work so that you can rest or that you rest so that you can work, it'll, it'll cause some weird issues. But they're both ends in and of themselves because they both glorify God in and of themselves. We don't do one for the sake of the other. Devotions is another area we need to be um, putting into our schedules. It can be easy to focus so much on ministry or on work that you forget your personal relationship with God, but that's, that's not sustainable. God is the one who gives us energy, and our relationship with God, our communion with him, is what sustains us, and it's how we grow in the Christian life. And if we continually neglect it, there will be consequences. We'll run out of energy. We won't have good spiritual health. We'll end up drifting further away from God. And obviously self-care is something that we should make time for as well. Like you you can want to get this done and that done and that done, but if you work yourself to death, you'll be in bad health or you'll be dead, and you won't get anything else done. That'll be it. And most people don't work themselves dead. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but there's plenty of people who work themselves too sick or too ill to get other stuff done. All right. uh, So section two, I wanted to talk about why using time is important. Obviously, the first time, the first and foremost reason we use it well is because the Bible says we should. It's because God wants us to, but there's also a few practical reasons Um, we can't be successful in what we do if we don't. Like if you ask any professional athlete who's successful or anyone who's really successful in their job or in their education, they know how to manage time well. I think it's interesting that it's like especially true of successful athletes. They're very dedicated in how they plan their schedules. Um, If we don't make the most of our time, then we won't be loving, we won't be able to love others well as much as we otherwise could. Can someone read Galatians chapter 6 verse 10? So for as much opportunity as we have, we should be seeking to do good to others, especially brothers and sisters in Christ. But without time, we don't have opportunity. We need time to have opportunity. So if we use our time well, which helps us to have more of it or conserves the time we do have, then we'll have more opportunity to do good to others. If we use our time poorly, which wastes it and then we have less of it, we won't have as much opportunity to do good to others. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, section three. So how to make the most of our time now. Uh, the command to make mo- the most of our time, to make good use of it, is gonna entail several things. There's a lot of different things that that's going to affect a lot of different areas of our lives. Uh, it has to really infect us at the paradigm level. It, it has to change how we daily think about our daily decisions, but it's going to affect more than small decisions. It affects big life decisions. Like it can be easy to focus on, oh, that just means you know planning my schedule well and being diligent and not being lazy. But it has to do with more than that. Like one thing that it affects is your career choice. If you pick a career that's um, not making the most of your time, that's like 40 hours a week for the rest of your life that's not being made the most of. Your career is going to be a lot of hours of the rest of your life. and. Um, It definitely takes time to prepare yourself for the career you want to be in. You shouldn't expect it to just happen immediately, but be very thoughtful when making career choices, especially since we have a lot of college students here at GCF. Like, be be thoughtful and be prayerful about career choices, because you wanna, if you make the most of your career, you've made the most of 40 hours a week for the rest of your life. It it goes both ways. yeah, 60, sometimes 80. Bradbury, he's, he's 60 and 80. Bradbury is a hard worker. I like him. But yeah, picking your career well, that's, that makes a big difference in making the most of your time. It also helps, like in ministry choices, focusing on areas of strength. I'm not good at playing guitar, so I don't try to play guitar that would not be making the most of my time. If I was good at playing guitar, that would be different. (laughs) But we all have strengths and weaknesses, and one of the ways to make the most of your time or make more of it than you otherwise would is to focus on the things that you as an individual are good at and that God has uniquely equipped you to be good at. Because we all have talents that God gave us, things that we as individuals are particularly good at in order to make the most of our time, we're gonna to have to, to use those gifts to emphasize on them, to capitalize on them. Because that's, that's where we'll, we'll do well in. Another thing we'll have to do to make the most of our time is using money wisely. So time isn't money, but money can buy time. And time can buy money. Can you turn this down a little bit? It's feedback. All right. So we all go to work, and we all need to work. So if we don't have money, we won't have food. But you, we all have to use, to some degree, our time to buy money. So if we did have more money, you, know, you wouldn't have to spend as much time at work. And it's a goal of mine. It's a slow-in-progress goal, <laughs> very slow. But trying to slave enough money up and investments that I could retire a bit early and focus more time in ministry is something that I would like to do. But, um, and, and that's a very, import, it's a very worthy goal to consider, especially because of the way compound interest works. If you start investing when you're 25, just $5,000 a year at a rate, and if the rates are consistent at about 7%, by the time you're 60 or 70, you'll have like $2 million. Because you make interest on your interest, and that interest makes interest, and that interest makes interest, and that interest makes interest. That's what the third slave should have done with his master's money. But when you're you're old, when you're in your 50s and 60s, if you like spend your time devoted to God's word, that's when you'll have the most knowledge of God's word. That's when you'll be more equipped than you ever will be, ever would have been previously, to minister well to others. Odds are. Also, um, money can save you time not just in not having to work as much, but you can buy other people's time. I don't have to mow my own lawn, thank God, because I live in an apartment. But if I did, I'd pay someone else to do it. (laughs) If I had a house, I'd pay someone else to mow the lawn. And that saves me time. So we have to use our money wisely and not just be wasteful with it or spend it willy-nilly if we want to make the most of our time. (laughs)
1: Lastly,
0: and most obviously, if we want to um, use our time well, we'll have to Plan our daily and weekly schedule as well. By the way, when it comes to planning your schedule, I think it, it helps so much to plan it on a weekly basis. If you just take each day and wake up in the morning and think, what am I going to do today? Um, it's just not nearly as efficient as planning at least a week ahead. So as for how to make the most of your time on a daily and weekly basis, I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven different tips on that. So number one is just to value your time. If you don't value it like mentally and emotionally when thinking about it, it won't be natural to like be careful with your time or to try to use it well. Valuing it will affect how you make your decisions. If you if it's important to you. Uh, it'll change what you say yes and you say no to. If someone asks you to come do this thing like, hey, come to my house and play video games for seven hours. If you don't value your time, like, well, why not? But if you value your time, it'll just, it'll change the way you make decisions. You won't even, it'll be automatic if you value it. If you really value it, it'll it'll change the way you think about it and it'll change the decisions you make. Uh, The next tip is to prioritize. So good prioritization is just something that all stewards, and we are, everyone here is a steward, all Christians are, good prioritization is something we have to learn. Because we all have limited time and limited money and limited resources, and there's only so much we can get done, and some things are more important than others. We have to know which ones God considers more important for us. For me, learning to play guitar is not high on my list because that's not where my strengths are. But some things are more important for us than others, and we need to learn what is, and we need to prioritize that. One. And I think that makes a difference on like a larger scale level because you can only get so much done in a month. But just even on the daily um, level, you can only get so much done in a day. And it really helps to, if something's more important than anything else, get that done as soon as you can in the day. Because once it's done, it's done. And you got it done, and that can't be undone. But, you know, the more you procrastinate it, the greater the chance of it not getting done is. So if something's truly more important than other things, get it done as soon as you can. Something I wrote about that I really like, this is tip number three, um, Don't trust your future self. This is like, (laughs) this has to do with procrastination. We tend to always think, oh, I can do it later. I'll get it done tomorrow. Um, But you shouldn't trust your future self because your future self tries to sabotage you a lot. (laughs) Future you is not interested in getting it done tomorrow, (laughs) just like you're not interested in getting it done today. We tend to overestimate how much energy and like, motivation we'll have in the future, but you'll probably have the same amount in the future that you do right now. So if you don't do it now, odds are you won't do it tomorrow. But it really helps to have the mindset of, I don't trust future me. That guy's not going to get it done. I'm doing this now. <clears throat> that really helps in overcoming procrastination. see. Tip number four, be willing to schedule, plan your schedule tightly and be willing to cut out things that just aren't important or don't have a good return on investment. Can someone read Second Timothy chapter two, verses three and four? Think that can be something that can be difficult to like really put into practice like that's that's a strong statement that has a lot of incompl- implications no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits like something i was learning had to learn in order to um like get good grades in school when i was first learning how to like schedule my week and plan my time I would make a list of all the things I had to do, but I would cut it down to the very minimum. Like, do you really have to do that? So things you have to do, you have to eat and you have to go to work. But other than that, you should be willing to cut your schedule down to the minimum and then fill it in with the important things. And rest should be an important thing. Don't just, oh, it all has to be work. But but you should be willing to When you're planning your schedule, it helps to just cut it down to the very minimum and then add from there. Question whether or not you really need to do something. And we need to be willing to cut out things that don't have, you know, good returns for our time. If we're commanded to redeem the time, to make good use of it, and to make the most of it, you know, playing seven hours of video games a day isn't making the most of it. You have to consider if what you're doing each day is making good use of it. Um, tip number five, learn to say no to things. and Don't let other people control your time. So it can be really easy to fall into out of a desire to love others and to please others. Um, just say yes to everything people ask of you. Uh, that doesn't work out too well. <laughs> it's not a good idea. If you just say yes to everything people ask of you, you're letting other people control your time. And other people aren't going to evaluate what's making the best use of your time. You have to be willing to say no to other people. You have to be, whenever you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. Because someone can ask me if I want to do something with them in a month, and like, yeah, sure. I don't have anything planned that day. But three weeks from now, something else is gonna come up that I could have done on that day. Whenever you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. You shouldn't say no to everyone. <laughs> we should love other people. Like, relationships are a priority. Relationships are worth putting time into you. Don't say no to everyone. <laughs> don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But don't say yes to everyone. Uh, Tip number six, remove things that hinder you. Can someone read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1?
1: Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set
0: before us. I like the way the NASB translate that. Translates that, it uses encumbrance, lay aside every encumbrance, but you know, weight, encumbrance. It's laying aside things that hinder you, things that hinder us in the Christian life. And we all have things that hinder us in various areas of our Christian life. But in order to make the most of your time and to be good at planning your schedule, once you get into the habit of planning your schedule, you're going to realize, eh, I get like 60 to 70% of what I schedule done. And the reason that is is when, when you're first starting out, that's likely to happen. But things hinder us, and things get in the way. And we're going to have to evaluate what those things are and learn to cut those things out, things that hinder us. For me, if I try to like study for a few hours in a row, studying at home by myself hinders me. The TV is right there. The bed's right there. That hinders me. I'll plan a four-hour block of study time and study for like an hour and a half. So being at home hinders me from using a time well, which is why I study at Panera. But we all have things that hinder us, and we have to learn to realize that, to evaluate those, and to be willing to cast them aside. Another thing, this is, gonna be a, this is a big thing for most of us. Don't let social media steal all of your time. Don't let it steal a lot of your time. I feel like that's a real hindrance to a lot of people. I've put um, a blocker that blocks Facebook on my web browser. I didn't block it on my cell phone, but like Facebook was designed to be addicting. I'm not saying don't use Facebook. I use Facebook. It's good for certain things. It's good for scheduling, planning. It's good for ministry, but just make sure you watch how much time social media takes. It can take a lot. And it can take a lot of your attention, not just your time. Attention's costly because it affects the quality to which you do a certain thing. Don't let social media steal too much of your time or your attention. Tip number seven for how to make better use of your time on a daily and weekly basis is to delegate things to others. So it can be really easy to just not have the mindset of delegating, just, oh, this needs done, I need to do this, this needs done, I need to do that. But you're just going to be running around doing this and that. It's, it can be really good use of time to delegate things to others who can do it quicker than you or who can do it better than you or who can do it cheaper than you. The guy who I would pay to mow my lawn, I doubt he's going to do better than me, I doubt he's going to do worse than me, but he'll do it... Um, for less money than I make it work. So that's why I would pay someone else to mow my lawn. And for like tasks for the church, there's people who do stuff better than me. All the networking tasks I delegate to Austin because he's good at that. Anyone else have any ideas on tips how to manage time well? We have a minute or two for this. I'm just curious. Sydney. One thing that helps me sometimes is just uh, pace yourself, but at the same time, and kind of obsessed about your goals. Yeah. Christiana. Uh, write things down. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And uh, if you have to um, put something off until later, put it schedule it. Say right. I'm
1: gonna do it at this time on this day.
0: Yep. That's really helpful. John Gray, did you raise your hand?
1: Yeah, um, I chronically mismanage my time unless I seek the Lord first. Like, like, I have this kind of inability to exercise wisdom in what's the most important thing, and I'll consistently choose the wrong thing. Unless I'm spending time with the Lord, and everything else sort of flows out of that. And then I notice I, I put my time to your use just because I've been with.
0: That's awesome. I think that can make a bigger difference for a lot of people than we would estimate it to be. Because I think it's interesting, like I said, the, the two verses that talk about making the most of your time, before they mention that, they mention having a heart of wisdom. But God's the one that gives wisdom. And when we spend time with Him in prayer and His word, He gives us wisdom. All right. Uh, Sydney mentioned, um, yeah. Yeah, Sydney mentioned, uh, be willing to obsess about your goals. Uh, Christiana mentioned, write everything down. And if you can't do a certain thing, uh, schedule it for later. Don't just forget about it if it needs done. Put it in your calendar or else you will forget about it. And John Gray mentioned spending time with God um, because without that, it's hard to have the wisdom to use your time well. But that is a good transition to get into the last part that I wanted to talk about in using time well, and that's reliance on God. So the first thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to reliance on God is we need to recognize that like God gives success. Uh, we're not going to take the time to read the passages about these people, but uh, you can look them up on your own. Joseph, God gave Joseph success. Like it says specifically, God blessed him with success. God made him more successful than he would otherwise be. And if we're going to make the most of our time, then we need God to be making us more successful than we would otherwise be. <laughs> David, God specifically made him more successful than he would otherwise be. He did well at like a ton of things and says the Lord was with him when he went out. He did excellent at what he did because God was with him. Daniel, he did like great at like everything. But God made him more successful than he would otherwise be. It's important to think about our need to rely on God when we think about using our time well. Can someone read Psalm 127 verse 1? just a verse we all need built into our paradigms in general. Like, we can schedule our time for this, that, and the other, and be working hard on this and that, but unless God's going to make us successful, like, what's it worth? You can't make the most of your time without relying on God. Because if you're missing in his power, if you're missing out on his power in your life, then you're not having as much done as you could have done. It's literally impossible to make the most of your time if you're not relying on God. And um, I've heard it said prayer is life's greatest time saver. I think that's an interesting way to think about it. But you can guarantee that if you just don't spend time in prayer, you're not making the most of your time. Prayer helps in like every area of life and anything we can pray about, prayer helps basically. Prayer can cause us to accomplish things quicker and better than we otherwise would. If you're doing a task you feel like you're going to succeed on, it's good to pray anyways. Like every time that I preach, I'm always praying that it'll go well. We should be relying on God in prayer because he can cause us to accomplish things quicker and better than we otherwise would. But prayer can also cause us to accomplish things that we would just otherwise never accomplish at all. My evangelism would never accomplish anything at all unless God did something. And not just that, but prayer can save you from troubles and wastes of time that you would otherwise get yourself into. That's why we should be daily praying for wisdom from God. Again, we don't have time to go to this passage, um, but there's a passage in the book of Joshua when Israel made a covenant with a country they shouldn't have made a covenant with because they didn't realize it was that country because they disguised themselves and they were shrewd about it. But it, it specifically points out if they would have asked God for wisdom, they would have avoided that. And that made them waste time on their mission to conquer the promised land. God still worked it out. God still redeemed that mistake. But prayer can save us from wasting our time on vain pursuits that we otherwise would get ourselves into. So the final thing I want to talk about is avoiding discouragement. It can be discouraging to try to use your time. Well, I don't always do good at it. I I, yeah. <laughs> so, number one. Just realize there's always going to be more to do. Like you're never going to get everything done, ever. There's so many areas of life where there's just always more to do. If you're a mom, there's always more to do. Even at your job, there's always more to do. Evangelism, always more to do. Reading the Bible, there's always more to learn. It, it ne- it's never going to end. There's always more to do. So don't be discouraged about that. God's okay with that. It's his design. God's good. He's omnipotent. He'll cause his church to succeed. But um, also, when we we fail to make the most of the time, we need to remember God's grace. Like, God loves us as his children. We're not primarily his workers. We're primarily his children. And God will forgive us. Always remember God's grace during the sanctification process and That's the other thing. Sanctification is a process. If you're just realizing, oh, I don't make good use of my time, like, it's going to take time to make good use of your time. It's not going to happen immediately. There's lifestyle changes that need to happen, and those, we're going to have setbacks on those. All right, that's all I have for today. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to learn from your word. We pray that you would help us to remember your grace and to not get discouraged. We pray that you would help us to trust you and not frantically be going here and there and being stressed about the things that we have to do. But we pray that we would trust you as our loving father who will take care of us. We pray that you would help us to be diligent and to be motivated and to seek to make the best use of our time. And we pray that you would bless our efforts. We thank you for your grace and amen.